we live in five, four, three, two. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Daring Ourselves to Succeed podcast. Um, I am your host, Rebecca Danny. Uh, welcome, me and my producer, Luis. Um, so, yeah, what are we actually talking about today? We were kind of diving in a little bit, um, a little before we, you know, press start. Um, and I think we want to talk a little bit about relationships. You know, that's kind of how I feel too, to be honest, because this week has been a, a week of testing in relationships. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Because. Doesn't it cry? Yeah, it's nervous laughter. <laughs> oh, you do that too? So good to know. Um, yeah, so I guess we, so, okay, I'll just say this. So what we were kind of talking about a little bit before we press start is, you know, the subject of relationships and just how specifically within this podcast and within like what we want to really um, get out there are just stories of um, not only like the whole essence of daring ourselves, daring ourselves to succeed is being brave, being um, willing to risk, willing to get outside your comfort zone, willing to live a life that's beyond you know, the safety net, you know, and the, the, um, easy comfort, like, Oh, I'm just going to stay here. Cause this is where it's safe. This is where I'm comfortable. This is where, you know, things are familiar, but willing to live beyond the comfort zone, willing to, um, like thrive in not only your career, your business, but in your relationships, in your health, um, in your personal life. And so, um, I love talking about relationships. It is a very vulnerable topic for me um, because, you know, we're always constantly navigating relationships, always constantly navigating um, just different re relational dynamics, you know, as we go throughout life. And I feel like one thing I was saying to Luis before we started was like, you would think that having friendships and making friends would actually get easier as you like get older but it actually like doesn't like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it does. It actually feels like it gets harder. Like one thing I was telling a friend of mine was, you know, when you're younger and when you're a kid, you are building friendships and relationships based on like common ground typically. And so it's like, Oh, we go to school together. We are, you know, in sports together or we're in the same, you know, dance class we're in, you know, we have these different things. Um, or maybe it's like they're coworkers. Um, but it was really interesting when I actually moved down to the Bay. Um, I, you know, was my own, my, I was my, I was a business owner. Um, and so I wasn't, I didn't have any coworkers. I wasn't involved in any like sports groups. <laughs> I was trying to find like a church. Um, but it was, I was like, wow, this is actually really hard. I've never lived in a place where I knew no one. And I was like, this is really hard to build from the ground up, like friendships and relationships. Like when you don't have any kind of like common ground of like where to meet people. And so it was, it was a, it was a first in my life of like, this is really difficult. <laughs> like, I feel like friendships have come a lot more naturally to me, um, before I moved to the Bay, but this was one of the first times I was like, wow, 
I am starting from scratch and I got to figure out where to meet people and how to build relationships. Are you an extrovert? For sure. Okay. So I'm an extrovert. A hundred percent. Like I literally thrive off of talking with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that 99.9% of people in the world would say that they're introverts, right? I hear a lot more people say, oh, I'm hmm. introverted than I'm extroverted. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. So to just let me go off for a second. Like, I'm just I'm being honest. I don't know where I'm going with this because I have a place. I have a place I want to go. It's just, I'm not sure if that's where I'm going to end up. Okay, wait, I'm going to interject really quick. Because okay. here's the thing. It's like, I do think things shift based upon the season of life you're in. Or maybe just as you get older or, you know, things like that. And I... It's funny because in college, I tested, you know, Myers-Briggs, how they like test you. I tested as like, I think, I think it was like 98% extrovert. And it was like, oh, wow, you were, you're pretty much all extrovert. But I do feel like that's kind of shifted as I've gotten older. But I also think that's partly because I'm far more aware of myself and far more in tune with myself because now I really do need that personal time. Like, my personal time is so coveted. Like, I'm like, do not mess with my personal time. <laughs> Cause if I don't have that, I cannot show up and be like a kind, like patient, generous person. <laughs> I, I would say that it's, it holds true for me too. Like I'm a hundred percent an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Anyone that needs me would be like, yeah, he's totally an extrovert. The, the thing I would say is I do need a long time. Yeah. I think that's gotten more real as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. The thing I was going to say was to kind of add to what you're doing, Mm -hmm. because you kind of went down the rabbit hole I was trying to go down, um, is that people would even think like, oh, you're an extrovert. It's probably easy for you to make friends. Mm, Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Because, oh, you're so connectable, relatable. You talk about anything. I was literally at coffee with a friend today who would say that, I think he would say he's an an introvert. I would probably consider him a little more like mid, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like not introvert, not extrovert, just, I don't know. And there's like four different types of, right? Like there's like, um, ambivert. I think that's how you say it. That means I just know (laughs) introvert, extrovert. That's about, well, there's like, you know, an introverted extrovert and extroverted introvert. Like for sure. An extroverted extrovert. Like, (laughs) but even then, like I thrive off of like meeting people. Yeah. I thrive off of conversations mm-hmm. having a conversation with a random lady that's a photographer today mm-hmm. who's from minnesota and was at the coffee shop i was at earlier mm-hmm. and um i mean that's me because I'm trying, there was no point to that story except for that i like to talk to random people like i totally i thrive off of that um but it, i would say that it is more difficult to like make friends the older i get mm-hmm. because i feel like my priorities end up being more center focused and like What's that saying? You're you become like the five closest people you're around, or whatever the case. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I just. Well, I I mean, yes, I do think that as you get older, your priority starts to shift. And I think you start to get more dialed in in your life as far as maybe like the goals that you have or maybe specifically what you're what you're trying to build, what you're trying to work towards. So if someone is not almost if the how can I say it? If someone is not easily accessible to your circle, it's almost like we don't go out of our way to build with someone. Right. So it's like, if you're not kind of, if it's, I hate to say maybe convenient, 
for me and like what I'm building and what I'm like going after, then I'm not really going to like engage very much. So <laughs> no, uh, real, real. I, I think it's, I, no, I mean, it's, you're real. Um, so recently there was a vulnerability recently again. So actually something we were talking about right before, I just, I have to say this. It, Our week and the things yeah, we've been processing exactly, this week. Things we've been processing this week. And it, it's like, it's, it's kind of like almost. There was a second there where I thought we weren't going to record. Like I'm just going to be honest with you. Like there was a second there I was like, yeah, we're not recording. <laughs> yeah, because it was like, like it did. Because yeah. it was like, oh man, like you're kind of feeling off. I'm kind of feeling off. Yeah. Like, do you really think we should do this? Do you think we should kind of <laughs> like put it off? But it's like, you know what? What if we actually just kind of talk about even a little of this, like on air? Yeah. Um, one of the things I've been analyzing, and you and I talked about this extensively mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like three weeks ago, mm-hmm. was that I had a friend who literally told me, like, yeah, I'm not friends with anyone who doesn't benefit me directly. Was Didn't say that for verbatim, but that's what they wanted me to understand. Right? Mm-hmm. And I took so much offense to that. I took so much offense to that because I was like, how in the world am I going to be friends? Like, I don't see you as a number. I like you as a person. But then I really started analyzing it. And I'm like, you know what? I would say that maybe not 100% of our relationships are that, but at least a good 99.9% of them are. Like, they, it's people that benefit you. Like, I guess the question is... I mean, the thing is... Mind? I mean, the thing is, at the end of the day, this is how I think of relationships, at, like, the different levels, I guess I would say, is, like, a relationship with a friend or a partner or, you know... In that sense, there needs to be mutual benefit. Like there needs to be benefit coming from both ends. Like I'm benefiting, you're benefiting from us being within this connection. Yeah. But then there are other types of relationships where it's not necessarily that same dynamic. So if you're in a leader follower dynamic, then typically like the person who is benefiting the most is the follower. So maybe you can say it from the mentor mentee. The mentee is probably going to, not probably, they are benefiting significantly from whatever that leader role is giving to them. They're maybe benefiting in wisdom, you know, knowledge, whatever. So that's a different dynamic. Then you have the other dynamic where it's like whether you're in the mentee role or if you're in the leader role. And it just depends on whether you're benefiting, whether you're the one mainly contributing, whether you're the main one receiving, you know, things like that. But relationships, friendships, and romantic relationships need to be mutual benefit. And if they're not mutual benefit, that's where some distortion within the connection starts to come in. So balance the, I don't know, there's, okay, let's talk about romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Let's balance so, met you when you were 19. Mm-hmm. And when you were 19, we were benefiting. Mm-hmm. But now we're 37. I'm not 37, by the way. <laughs> now, like, I don't want you to think I'm talking about me. Like, I'm not. I'm making up a scenario, guys. Please, don't read into anything I'm saying. Seri- no, seriously, don't. This is an example. This is an example. So, my friend. No, I'm just kidding. I'm done. So, I know someone. So, hypothetically, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're 37. I'm 37. I'm I'm actually 30 this year, but like, okay, which I'm excited. For the sake of the example. Yeah, but for this, so you're 37. There's, I mean, 20 years of relationship. Yeah. People change supposedly every seven. Yeah. Right? 
Totally. So what do you do in a romantic relationship when you've obviously changed at least four times in that scenario? You know what I mean? Like, like you're not the same 19 year old I married. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, okay. Now I'm going to say, I usually have a lot to say about relationships, but in that scenario, I don't have a lot of experience there because I've only been married for, we're literally coming up on our two year anniversary. So it's like, I don't have, now I have that experience in friendships, but like in romantic relationships, I'm like the longest person I was ever with was five years. And so I'm like, I don't have that long extended, um, history where I can pull from and be like, Oh, well, I mean, from what I've learned or gleaned from other couples and all of that kinds of stuff, it's like you really have to become okay with letting go of the person you knew and actually accepting and embracing the person that's in front of you. And I, I think that that's, I mean, I don't think I have to be married for 20 years to know that because I think that that's true in any relationship. I think that's true in family. I think that's true in friendships. Um, because if I'm holding on to, it's almost like, okay, this is, this is a perfect example. Jesus going back to the town he was born in. Mm. And I'm not going to say this right, but what, what's the exact passage where he says, you know, in the town that you basically where people know you. A prophet is never received in his own town. Like, I'm exactly. Exactly. So like that whole scripture is like specifically talking about when people know you or they think they know you, there's a lot of, unless you actually embrace who that person is becoming and not only who they're becoming, but like where they're going and how they're building, how they're like, how they're growing as a person, how they're evolving and like what they think values, you're going to keep them in that small little box of how you knew them and you won't be able to grow with them. That's when you grow, I think. That's when you grow apart because you've limited who they can become. You've kept them in your mind. No, you have to stay this person because that's how I knew, I've known you. And when that person goes outside of that box, you're like, oh, well, who are you? Who do you think you are now? Would you say that as human beings, not beings, beings, human beings, I always say human beings, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the Hispanic I'm done. Black beans, pinto beans. Yeah. I'm more of a pinto bean kind of guy, I guess. You know, I'm kind of a black bean, you know. Is that because you're black or is that because you like black beans? You know, I actually like black and pinto, but black beans because, you know, I'm black. (laughs) I was asking a legit question. Okay, what was the question? As human beings... Beings, as mm-hmm. human beings, do you feel that we are naturally scared of change? Because what you're talking to me sounds a lot like I met you at stage A. Please mm-hmm. stay at stage A. Mm-hmm. Years later, uh, I don't like this stage B. Well, I think um, I think yes. As human beings, I don't think that we naturally like change. I think that we can, you know, the people who say like, "Oh, I love change," I don't think that that's I don't know. This is my own personal opinion. Obviously, I could be wrong. I don't think they naturally love change. I think they have come to accept change. So I would say that I love change. Okay. I would say that I love change. I will also say that I wasn't always that way. Yeah. I, as a child, my mom says, has told stories of like how I would literally like shake 
Mm-hmm. Like, like the school teacher wasn't there because it was a new person and I've dealt with a lot of anxiety as a kid but it was like I've always grown past that and I've learned to love change do you think that that comes from you accepting that change is inevitably going to happen yes but I will also and what I was going to say actually piggybacks off of that because I was going to say yes I've accepted that change is happening but there's also areas in my life where I can honestly say that I'm not okay with change still yeah so it's like selective, like totally. You know what I mean, like, well, because there, you've become familiar in one area, yeah. And so you you have, I mean, here here's the thing: physiologically, neurologically, we come to a point of accepting something literally in our body. Our body will literally accept that this situation. I've learned how to feel peaceful in this situation, yeah. and our nervous system literally is at peace in this particular circumstance, situation, whatever. But there can be another one where it feels like chaos and our nervous system is completely activated. Like we're just thinking so many like different thoughts that are maybe not healthy, maybe negative, you know, whatever. But it's within that situation. It's not familiar to us. So yet there's we're going haywire internally. (laughs) So, yeah, that would make sense that you have come to accept that within certain circumstances. I mean, I'll give an example. Like so I mentioned last podcast, I'm a worship leader. Mm-hmm. Um, worship pastor, what same thing, but but it's like, um, I think when I first started leading worship, anything that went away from the plan, like the set list or whatever, mm-hmm. and how we transition, it would bother me. Yeah, like I would like, and, it, and if let's say even one chord, control freak, call me whatever, but even like let's say we would say we're gonna end on the one, and we ended on the four as an example. <laughs> anyone get if we change the chord, we land totally. It would like throw off the rest of the set for me. Yeah, like I was not, and then I just learned the more charismatic we got, like, you know, I was started accepting, hey, not everything's going to be perfect. And so yeah. I started accepting that. At this point, are we even talking about relationship? Let's bring it back. Like, I mean, it's kind of all relevant, you know? Yeah, yeah, okay, so, okay, perfect. So then I don't feel guilty of changing it. But it's like, so, but I do notice that specifically with people, when the dynamic changes, it's kind of hard for me to adjust. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's, I've actually had that thought with myself, like, okay, um, I'm trying to figure out how much I want to share here. Um, yeah, so, you know what I'm trying to say? I'm, I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to <laughs> soul search here. But it's like, okay, so when you say, like, having, struggling with the dynamic changing, I feel like I can, I can touch on that. Please. So... Yes, that is a perfect example. Typically, like the whole example that I gave of like, I met you at point A. Now we're at point J and I'm not really okay with like, I I want A because maybe we met in college and, you know, you were my roommate and, you know, we had so much fun. We would do like late night things and like, you know, we would like hang out and we would, you know, we did all these things. And now we're at point J, you're married, you got five kids, <laughs> you got a business um, and maybe you work in a full-time job. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, well, man, we used to hang out all the time. Yeah. What's going on? Like childhood friends thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And if if we don't learn how to shift and adjust and make way for the journey of life and how things evolve, then typically relationships start to go like this. They literally just start to go separate. Because it's like, oh, you no longer like 
really fit within the dynamic of my life. Now I think there's, there's things that we can do to, if we desire. So one, one of the things I would, I would talk about a lot with, with friends and yeah, with friends and family, um, is how I firmly believe, I don't know if you know what the term DTR is. Define the relationship? Yeah. So. I have such a funny story on that. Do you? Yeah. Go ahead. Do you want to? Go ahead. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Do you want to hear it? Oh my gosh. If you don't say it already. <laughs> so when I first met my wife, mm-hmm. I had a fat crush. I mean, church boy crush. Like it was just, it was bad. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember like thinking, I'm going to marry that girl. So. Early on, I was like, hey, I like you. I think I'm going to marry you one day. But she was nowhere near that, right? Yeah. I mean, she didn't even think of me. So, She's like, who are you? Yeah, who the heck are you? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Why are you telling me? So she totally told me to leave her alone because I made a creep, right? She didn't say that, but that's basically <laughs> what she said. And so, um, so because she told me that, I was like, okay, I'm in the long game here, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to marry her. So month a year went by of us being friends right Mm -hmm. and so we were friends and then one day i dropped her off at her house super 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 late and i had the inclination of like i should really try to define what this is because at this point we were like already starting to flirt it's obvious we like each other people yeah so are you guys dating yet and it's like no like you know like that kind of awkward 21 year old thing to do Mm -hmm. and so 22 whatever it was um and so she got home that day and her mom came up to her and was like, you know what? You need to ask that boy what the heck he wants with you because at this point, like, so she literally was like, define the relationship. So she calls me at that hour, like, whatever it was. I dropped it off like at 11. Let's say it was like 1230, something like that. She called me and I'm like, oh, everything's okay. Answered the phone. She's like, yeah, so what are we? Like, is this, and yeah. <laughs> she, said, she said, tell me now. Yeah, tell me now. I need to figure this out right now. Like, what are we? And I was like, oh, shoot. Like, I did not expect you to, grandma call me out. Yeah. You know, it was like. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I think, okay. I don't know if you take on that concept with any relationship, but like. I remember back in college, I would always say, like, I firmly believe that we need DTRs in every relationship. Like, I I mean, most people typically only think about it in the context of romantic relationships. Sure. But I feel like when you go into a relationship, when you go into any, any relationship, yeah. if I have an expectation that, oh my gosh, this person is like, okay, have you met a person? And you're like, dang, it feels like I've known you. You know, you feel, you feel like, you know, there's maybe almost this like familiarity with them. Um, and it seems like there's like a lot of bonding happening, but then like, let's just say you just don't hear from them for like a couple months. You're like, dang, I thought like I met this person. It was super cool. We had such a good conversation, you know, maybe we hung out a couple times and then like, I literally don't see them. So like, I think that a lot of that has to do with unspoken expectations. And I think that defining the relationship and actually identifying like, Hey, I think you're really cool. I would love to, I would love to get to know you more on a completely platonic plane is like so needed, but we, but so many people don't do this in friendships. That's awkward. How is that awkward? But it is. How is it not? Like I, it's natural for me now. Really? Yeah. How'd you get there? I did it a lot. <laughs> I mean, I, I got there by like, 
I don't know. I, I think that I've, I read, I've read so many relationship books and I love talking about relationships. I also like in college started writing a book on relationships. Side note, stopped it because just walked away from my ex-fiance, felt like maybe I don't have anything to say on the topic. Um, my phone is definitely re- uh, ringing in the middle of this episode, but it's fine. I'm going to call you back. Um, but like, you should just answer. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> but like, I definitely felt, you know, things happen in our lives and then you feel like, oh, maybe I don't really have as much that I can offer the world in this subject. And so I stopped writing it. Granted, all of this time, I've still been writing a lot of stuff that I've been learning in relationships. And who knows, maybe one day I will still release that book. But um, I love talking about relationships. So after reading so many books on this and growing in this myself, I realized, wow, one of the things for me that has been the most difficult is not understanding where I stand with someone. Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't, like, are we, like, is this a friendship? Is this like <laughs> random, like just acquaintances? Like, right. you know, and, and that gray area, I do not like to be in that gray area. Like, I'm like, want, like, I would rather know, like, oh yeah, like you're just one of those people who I'd call up, maybe go grab a drink with every now and then. And we're just going to like randomly chat about things that are not even like completely surface level things. Like. Let's say I just need a night, no deep conversations. We're just going to talk about random stuff. That's that person. You know, you have those people in your life where you're like, if I need somebody who's going to get my mind off this thing, I'm going to call this person. But like, I would always be in that kind of, I didn't like that gray zone. So I was like, Hey, I just want to know, like, I think you're cool. I would love to like actually get to know you more. And it was, I mean, there's a lot of people who, on the other side, they're like, oh, I've never had somebody say that. Yeah, that's what I'm going to ask. How was people's response? So I've had some people who, I mean, no, I've never had like a negative response. I've always had people be like, huh, I've never really had somebody like say that before. But like, I do feel that same way. Like, I would love to get to know you. And I'm like, cool. Do you do that with every relationship? Most of my relationships. Did you do it with me? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm like, um, actually, we did. We did? Yeah. Oh. Because, okay, do you remember that conversation we had after the summer? It was literally after church one day, and I was talking to you about how, I mean, I ain't trying to air all your dirty laundry on the air, you know, but. <laughs> I didn't even know she had dirt. I didn't even know she had laundry. Hold up. Wait up. We gotta, do I gotta pause this thing? We gotta talk? No, but here's the thing. You remember this. Okay, so it was after. The grand opening, birthday, yes, reception. She do got dirty laundry. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then I remember having that conversation with you and I was like, dude. Yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, didn't yeah. even show up at any of this stuff. Like, yeah, what's up? Yes, 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 yes. And then I and then I think I don't remember how I asked you, but I think I asked you, like, okay, wait, like, is this just a like, you know, yeah, we this? know each other from church yeah, kind of yeah, thing? Yeah. Or is like, are you actually like trying to like be a friend? Yeah. And then you said you were like, you were like, Yeah, no, I do actually want friendship. Life is really busy right now. And I was like, Okay, cool. Yeah, that did happen. Oh, wow. That was detailed. Okay, okay. okay. Yep. I didn't know that's what that was. That is what that... I mean, I'm not going to say, like, right now we're having a DTR. <laughs> Would have been nice. Now I have no, I had no gauge that you had done that to me. Yeah, I mean, oh, at this point, it feels more natural in a sense where it can just come out in a conversation like that. Okay. You know? So would you say that you've seen more positive from that than negative? 
Well, I think it's made me clear on the intention of, like, I don't know. I firmly believe living life with intention and not out of this like gray, I don't know, maybe I just don't like the gray area, but I'm like, I like to live life with intention. Like, why are we here? What are we talking about? What are we doing? You know? And I, that's how I am. I'm a very, I would say purpose driven person. That's how I live life. So if I'm going to like be giving somebody like my time and energy, I'm like, what is this? Is this an act? Like, is this a friendship? Cause if it is, then I'm like, And I think it's because the way that I do relationships is if I'm like, if there's actually like a desire to build something here, I'm very intentional. I'm very like, I want to build. Yeah, let's do it. What does that look like? Like, you know? Have you not, have you found, okay. So again, vulnerability here, Mm -hmm. right? With you, I know I was honest, Mm -hmm. but I feel just knowing me, if someone were to ask me that, I'm not trying to hurt nobody's feelings. So I'd be like, yeah, yeah. With you was different because I actually, I did want to build a relationship with you and be friends and all that stuff. And yeah. I think we even talked about like how it's, it wasn't weird because me growing up, I grew up super religious. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was always this separation between women and men, right? Yeah. So it's like, it was weird for me to have girl friends who are girl. Why am I doing? Why am I crossing? <laughs> like it was girl friends that are girls. I don't know I'm just doing this. Like it's just, it's just adding <laughs> quotations. Anyways, um, but with you, it felt like, oh, I don't even think about that. And I, I, that was the first thing I felt, right? But I know myself, going back, but I know myself. And I feel like if someone said, hey, I want to be your friend, I'd be like, yeah, me too. Because I don't want to hurt your feelings. Like, I mean, that's different. That? I've never gone up to somebody and said, hey, I want to be your friend. I've never said that. That's those... what I'm imagining when you say Oh, you no, that's not, that's not what it's like. Like, it, is that what it... I mean, really, you, I did it to you. Right, but that's DTR. Like, if you were to tell people, hey, you know, I just DTR my friendship, they'd be like, what the heck? Because you, you're over here like... Are we friends or not? What's up? Like, you know, like, that's basically... So it doesn't... So even though I'm saying it's a DTR, it's not as, like, intense as I think some people make DTRs out to be. Like, I think in romantic relationships, it's almost made out to be this really high-stakes situation of, like, what are we? Like, and it just... It feels almost, like, extremely high-stakes, extremely intense, and it's, like... It's really not that weird to just be like, hey, I really like who you are as a person. I, I've enjoyed being around you. Like, even something as simple as that, you know? But I think, I don't know, as humans, we don't make it natural to communicate those things, which is weird to me. <laughs> it's weird to me that you feel that it's weird to you. <laughs> Can you explain that? What do you well, mean? Well, yeah, like, I don't think I've ever said, maybe it's just me, maybe I'm the outlier and everyone feels like, yeah, we need to figure out this friendship, but I don't think I've ever thought about like, hey, so do you want to get to know me? Or like, oh, I would love to get to, you know, like, I mean, I don't say it like that though. Right, no, I get that, but just the context of it, like, even if you're not like saying, Mm -hmm. like, that seems really preschool to me, you know, like, totally, totally. That's kind of what I'm getting from it. Well, think about it this way. We have so many adults that are walking around in unhealthy relationships, romantic friendships, because they're like, oh, like, I mean, I've heard people talk constantly about whether it be friendships, 
oh, like my friend, you know, she's doing this or she's doing that. And I don't really know what's going on. And like just a lot of confusion within relationships, romantic and friendships. And it's like, you know, we could actually clear up that confusion if we just have honest conversations with each other. I mean, it's that simple as that. And I think I, I'm not going to lie. I do think that the way that I think about relationships or the way that I see relationships isn't common. It's not like a, most people are not doing it. Not, I would, yeah, I would say that's very true. I don't know. Which is why I desire to write a book on it. But, you know, one, one day I will finish it. Okay. Okay. Cause this, it, it doesn't, when I hear people talking about their relationships and talking about like the issues or the problems, most of it comes down to just being honest and being clear in their communication about whether it's expectations, whether it's, um, disappointments, whether it's, um, needs, this is what I need. I would agree with you though, even though like, I don't think I've ever defined like DTR or friendship. Yeah. I mean, with my story earlier, I don't think I've ever been defined like a serious relationship. Like, I've always been the one DTR, but not DTRE. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, um, which is sad. But I like, mean, I think this is even why dating culture is so unhealthy because I think this is why ghosting ha- has happened and ha- is even a term because we literally are so afraid to tell someone, hey, I had a good time, but this isn't a good fit. Like, we can't even do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, dang, you can't even do that to a stranger? How you can do that to somebody who, like, you're afraid of hurting? That's crazy. I'm just processing so much right now. <laughs> so this is the way that I think about all of this. Like, I'm just like, man, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that I have, like, this revolutionary idea on relationships and, like, am going to completely change the subject. But I do feel like in certain ways that relationships for me, I guess I will say, I think that I have the understanding or maybe the, the perspective I have on relationships because of how much pain I've experienced in relationships. And I feel like I have been very intentional about desiring to grow in the way that I think about relationships and the way that I do relationships. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. It mm-hmm. might take us a complete left turn. Totally. And I'm, I hope you're okay with it. Who who defined the relationship between you and Anna? Like, how, how does that look? Because you talked about, <laughs> it sounds like you were the one who laid this up. You know, like... Um, actually, to be honest, Adam was the first man that I dated who was pretty, like, upfront from the beginning. Like, that was one thing that really attracted me to him was the fact that I don't know. Again, I don't think it's weird to tell someone, Hey, I enjoy you. Like that's normal. You know, I would say that's not weird romantically. Oh, I don't think it's weird even in a friendship to tell a friend like, okay, you literally said before we started recording, you were like, you know, Rebecca, I like being around you. I do. I do. But that's, that's based off of relationship that we built. Like how long have I known you now? Like almost a year. But here's the thing. Why would you withhold that, what I call, I think that that's a very generous compliment and a very like, it's, it's, it's generous to release that to someone. So why would I withhold it from someone just because I only met them an hour ago? I think it's interesting. Like, (laughs) 
one of the things that I, I'm thinking of right now is like, I don't know if like if it even clicks. I'm an external processor, so forgive mm-hmm. me if it doesn't click. But like one of the things I'm thinking of is how like negatively society puts like re- like saying that kind of thing. It's, okay, we do. Like let me let me put it this way: it's like voodoo to talk about sex as an example. Mm-hmm. You cannot talk about sex. Like even from like the pulpit. In most circles, yes. In most circles, right? Yeah. But I know that it's an important topic. Totally. Even when it comes to, like, no, bringing it back to friendships, I'm not trying to talk about sex. But, like, even <laughs> in, like, just in case someone got uncomfortable and totally turned off the radio right now, like, you should have listened for five more seconds because I'm not talking about sex. I was just trying to compare. Like, <laughs> even, like, I, I think, like, people, like, even in dating, what am I trying to say? Even in dating, it's different, you know? Um, it's, like, voodoo to talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so like, oh, just don't. And you're over here, are your friends or not? Like, what's up? Like, that's that's interesting. That well, I will I will tell you, most people are at some point in relationship with me very taken back by my upfront communication. Sure. And like clarity and like, hey, what's going on here? Let's circle back to something you said about dating. Uh huh. You said that you feel that ghosting has happened because of... We're afraid to be honest with people. Talk about that. Um, I mean, like, this whole, like, I don't know, when did ghosting become popular? I feel like definitely during COVID, people talked a lot about the term ghosting. I feel like I heard it even before that, though. Maybe, maybe it was. Um, it, it Actually, it was. It was. Because um, I remember at that time, I think it was in 2019... I was doing pretty, I was being pretty intentional with doing online dating, um, which is what I actually talked about in in another episode where I talked about kind of how I met Adam and dived into that. But so it was definitely happening before COVID, but, um, yeah, it, 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 I, I think ghosting has become the norm because most people are too afraid to just communicate that. I'm not interested. What's the common reason why people are scared of communicating that? Would you say trauma? <laughs> um, I'm kind of laughing, but it's kind of true. Um, well, because at the end of the day, we all have, I mean, it goes back to this. We all have particular things that have been imprinted to us within our subconscious between the ages of zero to seven, which is the primary time that we are learning how the world functions, who we are, you know, who other people are, all that kinds of stuff. It's when we're learning and building beliefs and values and all that stuff, identity. And so whatever things have been imprinted on a person that could be Maybe it could be fear of rejection. It could be, you know, I'm going to reject before I'm rejected. It could, I mean, there's a variety of things it could be. Maybe I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Maybe it's not even about rejection at all. I just don't want to hurt their feelings. So I'm just going to not say anything. I'm just going to like avoid, Mm -hmm. which is some people's problem. Other ones is the, the rejection thing. I don't want to be rejected. Like it's, everyone has their own issues or things that they struggle with, you know? And so, um, yeah, I really think it comes down to that is because people haven't processed <laughs> whatever pain they've experienced as a child. They haven't like upgraded, you know, their belief systems. And so that causes for behavior to happen in a certain way. And I feel like ghosting happens because there 
yeah, there hasn't been a behavioral change there because there's still some sort of like pain or something, some kind of limiting belief that's there that tells them they can't just be honest with the person in front of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say, it might be obvious in the next thing I'm about to ask, but like, so where do you start with like getting rid of that trauma? You know, like where does one start with that kind of thing? And again, it might be obvious. Like, And also I want to say that there, there are also people who don't want to hear it. I mean, someone could say like, oh, like I'm not like interested or, or maybe like, I don't really think this is a good fit. And the other person's like continuing to push, you know, and then that, that's another issue, you know? Um, but we're only talking about the communicating aspect, the being clear, direct, upfront. I've noticed in general that direct, upfront, clear communication is not a norm. No, it's not. It's not. Based on everything you're saying, it's not. It's not a norm. It's almost like, why are you being so clear and direct? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people are offended by it. I, I mean, I know because I am a very direct communicator and I've offended a lot of people because of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I'm, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm literally just trying to understand, you know, maybe, you know, understand something or I want to communicate something. So you're clear on where I'm at, you know, but that comes off offensive to some people. Well, what would you say, just a quick, quick question, what would you say that you started DTRing friendships, more or less? College. College. Have you noticed a difference from DTRing to not DTRing? Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like before college, like I didn't, I didn't feel like I really had any strong, sustainable relationships. So it feels like that was partly because it was like, I wasn't very intentional in relationship. It was just like, Oh yeah, we go to school together. So like we're friends. Um, but it's like once school changes or once whatever dynamic you met that person changes, you really can tell if a relationship is actually a relationship or not, or if it was actually built on convenience because once the dynamic of how you guys met removes itself, if there's still a relationship there, then that means, oh, wow, there was actually a foundation that was beyond just the common ground. Does that make sense? Explain the relationship by convenience. Um, it looks like, well, we go to the same church, so, and we're in youth group together, so would, this is my best friend. But I would say that's how a lot of relationships are. Like, for example... Like well, that's how most relationships like, start. Most falling outs happen after you're done being... Like, totally. Me, I can tell you, like... <laughs> yeah, I can tell you, like... From personal experience, I had some extremely good friends, and the minute I left that area and season, mm-hmm. it's happened multiple times, mm-hmm. hundreds of times. I just never hear from them again. Totally. And, like, at the end of the day, like, I'm not trying to call anyone out, but, like, I had very, very, very close girlfriends from college. And, you know, after college, it was like you could see the years that we were graduated, each year our relationships would get more and more separate. Yeah. Yeah. And thinner. And to the point where, you know, last year I, you know, I, if one's listening, no offense. Um, I did have a very clear DTR cause I was like, Hey, I just kind of want to know like, what is this? You know, um, are we hanging on to this because of history? Are we, or is there actual like desire to continue to build here? You know, cause we're, we live in completely different cities. We don't, the only thing we have in common now is that we went to the same college. That's it. Yeah. And we love Jesus. Like, you know, but other than that, like, we're not, 
I don't really know at all what's happening in your life. I don't like, you don't know what's happening in my life. Like, is this something we still desire? And yeah, like, I'm not going to say that that, uh, equaled all positive results and outcomes. Um, but most of those girls I'm not friends with today because it came down to like, yeah, like there's not really, we're just hanging on to it because of history and we're still saying best friend or, you know, whatever, whatever term of familiarity we use with people, we're still saying that because of history, not because there's a genuine live connection happening between us. That almost like the amount of self-awareness that you need to have for that. Like, cause I would imagine you're saying, Hey, what is this kind of thing to a friend is you already have to go into that knowing what kind of you want from this. Well, and knowing like, you have to be okay with hearing the answer, whether it goes in your favor or not. That was deep. I mean, sometimes we don't ask questions because we just don't want to know the answer. And we avoid asking the questions or avoid saying something because, like, I don't know if I actually really want to know. You're guilty as charged. I'll say that. Guilty as charged. That's real. And I mean, I do it sometimes. Like, it's like, I, here's the thing. I understand like all of these things I'm talking about, I literally have experienced firsthand. <laughs> so I've, I've like grown and learned where I'm like, wow, I don't want to repeat that. Or I don't want to like, I don't like that behavior. or I don't like that experience. Like, how do I shift this? How do I adjust this? And for me, a lot of it has been like one of my biggest areas where I've had to personally grow because I didn't experience this as a child was learning how to set boundaries, learning how to set healthy limits in relationship and also healthy limits for myself. What does, what does, what does healthy boundaries look like? Then? What um, well, I think like boundaries, I don't necessarily see boundaries as walls. I don't see boundaries as like, what I put up to keep people out. It's actually, again, this is my, how I see it. I see boundaries as it is the thing that I put in place that helps both me and you thrive when we come together. That's kind of how I see boundaries. And because there are a lot of people who talk about boundaries. Well, I think now people are starting to kind of change the focus of like what boundaries are. But, um, I feel like in the last three years, our world has gotten a lot more aware (laughs) and a lot more like growing in like, like wellness, well-being, all of that kinds of stuff. How do you, how do you, how do you, how do you define what a good boundary is for you? Cause I'm, I'm assuming it's not the same for everybody, right? So like, totally no. Yeah, okay. Perfect. So I assume right. But like, let's just say, how did you define these are the, like, how do you build boundaries now? Well, so for me, if I'm experiencing frustration in a dynamic in relationship or even a dynamic in my life. So let's say I'm consistently experiencing frustration with my finances. We'll use a, an object first before we talk about people. Um, but let's say I'm consistently experiencing frustration in my finances. There's a lack of boundary or limitation in that area. Then there's something going on there that does need to shift. If I'm constantly experiencing frustration because I'm living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck, and I'm constantly, um, feeling like, um, maybe there's never enough, then I, I mean, there's a few things that I would look at with that, but in the subject of boundaries, it's like, okay, where are my financial limits? Explain that. What, what, what does a financial limit look like? 
point. So well, a financial limit, totally. So a financial limit could look like, well, you spent $300 on coffee this last month. Like, how do we adjust that? Like, how do we not spend $300 on coffee? Like, <laughs> you know, like let's actually put a limit here and say, actually, you're only going to go buy coffee out one day a week instead of seven days a week. Okay. And you're going to make coffee at home. And that like, so that's a, that's a limit. That's what I would call a limit. Okay. People. Okay. So then with people, um, I'm trying to remember what the question originally was. Um, the question What's, was like, what is a boundary, yeah, right? What, what is a boundary? Like, and what does that look like? Yeah. I think with people, it can be, um, let's say I'm in a relationship and I'm trying to think of a, of one that isn't with a specific person so they don't feel like I'm talking about them, you know? Um, (laughs) but let's just say I'm in a relationship and I'm consistently experiencing frustration in a sense of every single time we have a conversation, maybe I don't really feel heard. Maybe I don't feel like, um, yeah, maybe I don't feel like I can really speak or maybe like I feel like I'm constantly having to explain myself or something like that. Maybe there's that going on, you know? So what a potential, you know, boundary could look like is I'm trying to think of a real situation, but not a real situation. Um, yeah. What a boundary could look like in that situation is actually communicating like, Hey, I would really love if like when I'm speaking, um, <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. Um, I would really love when I'm speaking, like it wasn't me. I just, <laughs> <laughs> no fault. I don't even know what that was, but, um, but yeah, I would really love when I'm speaking, like to not be interrupted. Um, and to communicate that, but also to like hold it in a place where you're like, Hey, it would really help me if like, if I'm communicating and I can actually fully communicate my thoughts before being interrupted, you know, something like that. Um, like that is more of a communication boundary, I guess I would say in, in a relationship. Um, another boundary that could be more on the personal side, meaning I'm still in a relationship, but it's a personal limit that I'm setting with myself could be, I'm trying to think of one that I even have with myself in relationships. Oh, this is a perfect one. That's like not extremely deep at all. People who, um, so one of the, one of the things that I do as a boundary is people, when they say they want to hang out with me, cause I have a lot of people who will say like, Hey, let's grab coffee or Hey, I'd love to meet up. I have a personal boundary where I do not set the date with them. I tell them, yeah, reach out, let me know when you're available. And when, when I hear from you, we'll set a time. You put it in their court. I put the ball in their court. That for me is a personal boundary because I have always been a very pursuant person in relationship. And it's gotten to the point to where it's exhausted me, where I'm like trying to pursue people that there's nothing there, you know? And so I've gotten to the point where I'm like, 
I do want to get to know people, but I need to see that they actually, they actually desire that. They're not just saying it as fluff because a lot of times, especially in like, I started putting this boundary up in college because in college people say, let's grab coffee all the time, you know? (laughs) And it's just like, it's literally like saying like, Hey, how are you? Good, good. (laughs) You know, it's like one of those phrases. So it was never, it didn't have a lot of depth until someone actually was like taking off their phone pulling out their calendar, like, Hey, let's set a time. And I'm like, Oh, this person's serious. They actually do want to set a time to meet with me. So that has actually, I mean, there's still people that I know today who, I mean, still waiting for the coffee in my- literally, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not talking like every single time I see them, they're like, let's get together. Let's yeah, hang totally. out. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I know people that's that phrase has been happening for years. Yeah, I was going to say, I know that I've said that and I meant it. So that's, that's what I'm saying. So it was a, it was a boundary for me where I was like, you know, I'm going to release myself from needing to, oh, they said they wanted to hang out. Like now I'm going to like, Hey, when do you want to do it? When do you want to do it? When you do And I almost allowed myself to come back, set that limit and say, if they really do want to hang out, they'll reach out. But wouldn't it, okay. But the flip side, wouldn't it be if you want to hang out too, like, isn't that kind of well, like the thing is, completely on one person, no? the thing is, if I didn't want to hang out, then I would say that <laughs> the person, you did not, if I don't want to hang out with someone, I will let them know like, Oh yeah, things are really busy right now. Or like, I don't really have a lot of space. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm not, I, I, no, I'm not going to say like, I don't want to oh, hang out with you. No, I'm not going to tell somebody that. I don't want to hang out with you. Like, that's just rude, you know? That is rude. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, like, if I am genuinely, like, oh, I don't actually feel like I have any space for that, I will tell them. I don't don't have any really space for that. But um, when things maybe, if things shift, I'll let you know. Interesting. And that's a way that I'll communicate it. But if I'm actually telling someone, yeah, shoot me a text, let me know. There's actual desire there. But I'm also not just because there's desire there doesn't mean it's my job to now pursue it. Right, but wouldn't wouldn't it be a little uh, heaven's advocate here? Totally. Um, wouldn't it? Just in case y'all don't know, she hates the term devil's advocate, so I say heaven's advocate because I just I don't know. It's just it's just a word. It's not doesn't have. You're hilarious. No, I'm not. I'm real. <laughs> the fact that you actually use heaven's advocate. You told me you hated devil's advocate. I wasn't that serious. It felt like it. She was DTRing the devil's advocate. Oh my gosh! No, I wasn't. <laughs> I okay, what's your question? I, I tell you. Heaven's advocate. Oh. Doesn't it feel like like you're putting it completely on the other person? Like at that point, there is no responsibility on your end. You're saying, yeah, you reach out to me. Well, they're, they asked. Okay, okay, okay. So let's It's say, different if I asked. Okay, talk about that. Like what, what's... I mean, yeah, if I ask, I'm going to be the one to pursue it. Okay. It's my job to pursue it. Do you know what I mean? I see what you're trying to say. Okay, I'm one-siding it, but there's... Yeah, so like if somebody comes up to me and says, hey, we should hang out. Sure. Let me know when you would like to do that. Or I don't have time for that. Yeah. Things are really busy right now, which is true. Okay. Let's flip it. Let's say you, you ask somebody mm-hmm. to hang out. I don't even have time for that. I say, okay. No, I get that. <laughs> but like, you've probably worked your, well, okay. Yeah. Duh. You're going to say, okay. What else are you going to say? 
No, you're going to hang out with me. I'll see you Tuesday at 7. <laughs> that kind of vibe. That's not what I'm saying. They're like, uh, <laughs> do I need to call the cops? <laughs> you know how to speak to this. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, you've worked, I guess, a way to be okay with, like... Well, because people get to set their own limits and their oh, own boundaries. I get that. Let's talk about the rejection, though, of it. Because oh, okay. That's, a whole, that's what I'm trying to talk about. Like, like, I'm thinking of one particular person mm-hmm. who's, like, not... They're horrible with rejection. And totally. And they even get scared of asking because that's mm-hmm. pretty bold of you. That's the extrovert in you. But what about the introvert, right? Like, what about the introvert that's scared of asking? Like, oh, I want to hang out with this person. And they're willing to define it. Like, what would you say to that person? Am I totally... No, I just have to, like, really think from that perspective. Yeah. Um, to you and I, that's very... I think that in that situation, if somebody was genuinely wanting to know how to, how to overcome that... Um, I would want to get to the heart of why is it so scary for you to communicate that you desire this? Okay, let's say I find out why I'm scared to communicate, why I don't want to do this. So then I would ask them, do you want that to change or do you want to continue living life like that? Let's say this person's not in the Bay Area and they don't have a coach who started the Dots Company who's supposed to succeed. <laughs> it doesn't have you around. How do they place themselves in a place to overcome that well one there has to be desire i always ask people anytime they tell me about a situation in their life i'm always going to ask them do you want that to change there has to be desire for it to change what if the person one. says what if the person says like no i don't want that to change what if they mm-hmm. say like then i would say okay this is called empowerment 101 meaning I'm not here to control or change anyone. Each individual has to decide they want to change before they can change. My job is not to convince anyone to change. My job is to offer invitations of, hey, consider this. If you're willing to consider it, and then that sparks something internally where you're like, dang, I want that. I know I've been victim of, I totally, this went another way, but I know I've been victim of, I want to change that, but not really doing anything about it. Totally. Most people don't change anything until they're actually sick of it, until it starts causing them so much pain that they have to change it. Sadly. How do you change that? Um, is it even, I mean, programmable in us to want? Oh, totally. I mean, the thing is, is like, I don't think that I always desired to change. I don't think I always had like a growth mindset. Like, I don't think I, um, there were definitely seasons in my life where I was very content with being mediocre and just content with being in my comfort zone. Um, I mean, I think we all have those seasons, you know? Sorry. So would you say that someone that, would you say that someone that doesn't want to change, would you say that's a mediocre mindset? Um, I'm not going to say it's mediocre. It's only mediocre if someone desires or I can't tell somebody what their mediocre is. Does that make sense? I can't define just like I can't define for someone else what success is. 
success is, I, I determine what success looks like for me. Success for Louise looks completely different of what success for Rebecca looks like. Is that true though? Because like, wouldn't you say that success, like, okay. That is very much true. Like that, I feel like 100% confident about. Reason being is because success for you could be, I just like my successful self. I have my family. I have, you know, like we're not, we're not limited in money. Maybe it's not that you're not like rich, but maybe it's just like we have excess at the end of the month. Maybe it's, maybe that excess is just a hundred dollars extra for you. And then maybe it's success also for me looks like going out fishing on the weekends. Success for me looks like, like that is like, that's where I find fulfillment. That's not going to be the life for most people. So you have to define what success looks like for you. Totally. In the different areas. So what does success look like for you in relationship? You specifically. Success for me in relationship look, looks like um, in all relationships, mutually engaged relationships. Would you say that's a healthy standard to live by? Like in the sense of like if someone... I don't think I'm not living by anyone's standards, but the standard that God designed me to live at. Okay, that was valid. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I walked into that one. What I was trying to say, what I was trying to say is like, oh uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. No, because I'm thinking like, I don't think I've ever thought about what success looks like in friendships. Yeah. I think a lot of people are like me where they just, oh, I have a friend. I don't, I don't have a friend. And that's, that's very interesting. I mean, here's the thing. I... I want to live life as consciously as possible, meaning I'm aware of my life, the areas of my life. Most people live life on autopilot. Yeah. They live in their relationships on autopilot. They're not necessarily asking the people in their relationships, hey, are you satisfied? Are you happy? Is there anything that, you know, you would like better? Is there anything you need that maybe I'm not fulfilling for you? Most people don't like to answer those questions because they don't want to know the answers. I mean, ask the questions. Yeah. So how do you change your mind? How do you change your mindset from being a mindset of like autopilot to manual drive? Yeah. So again, it all comes back to desire. It really does. And I think there's, there's a strong thing in me to not anything that feels like control, I completely run away from because there's many reasons because, but we won't go into that because primarily because of like my childhood, um, and the idea of it is not my job to control someone like I have also dealt with a lot of like experiences where not only I felt controlled, but I was trying to control someone and it did, it never turns out well, like never. (laughs) And so I remember when I, there was even like times where I, I mentored people and they would be talking to me about issues that they're going through. And I would literally be like, this is what you need to do. I would tell them what they need to do. Yeah. This is how you get out of that. But then people wouldn't take the advice or people wouldn't, or, or maybe it was like, 
oh, I don't like, I actually just want to tell you how I'm feeling. I don't want to be told what I need to do. And I'm like, oh, like there was so, there was just so many different failures, which I don't know. I think failure is only feedback, but there were so many different like moments like that where I've had to learn from and be like, wow, that turned it out, turned out really bad. I don't necessarily want to treat anyone like that, or I don't want to be treated like that anymore. And I, and, and so I started to do whatever work I needed to do to shift that. So I think that's why I have such a strong stance on it has to come from personal desire. If someone doesn't desire to grow, someone doesn't, whether that be personally in their relationships, in their business, in their finances, whatever, every area of your, of the circle of life. Um, if there's not personal desire, I can't, I can't help them. Nobody can help them until they desire to change, to grow. The moment that that sparks and then they start to follow that desire, it's very spiritual in that sense, that it's, um, it's something that's ignited in us and we get a choice to walk in that and to be like, wow, there's something pulling me here. I'm being beckoned in a certain way. And even though it's uncomfortable, even though it's not familiar, I feel drawn to go in this direction. And now it's taking me on a journey of growing in my relationships, growing in my, you know, identity, growing in my whatever. What would you say, what would you recommend to somebody who is in the place where they're like, I want to change. I, I want to change and they're desperate. Like, what would you recommend as a resource? Um, I mean, I think for me, one, one thing that I wish I did earlier on, and I'm not saying this, just, I mean, this is part of why I am a coach, but I think having a mentor or coach or somebody that you can bounce things off of and help see outside of your own perspective. Um, I do think I value that. Obviously that's why I'm a coach because I did not like, I had people that I looked up to, you know, but I did always desire like an intentional mentor, somebody that I can literally go to and be like, okay, this is where I'm at. Like I need, I, I need to kind of sort through this. And sometimes it was like, I literally just need a sounding board. Someone to maybe like poke and prod and like ask me certain questions that would make me think in ways that I'm not personally doing that for myself, you know? And so I feel like that to be honest, is really like, I think every person needs a coach or a mentor at multiple stages of life. Like, I'm not even saying like, even like 60 year olds, like if you want to, if you, at any point, if you want to grow, you need something to see that's beyond you. And when you're able to sit in front of someone who maybe has even two steps ahead of you, it gives you inspiration of like, oh, okay, they did it. I can do it. Oh, interesting. That's an interesting concept. Where would you say that, I, I would say it's not just interesting, it's very true, I would say. I, at least me, personally, I've learned a lot. I can say that I've had a lot of mentors in my life. Mm -hmm. A lot of, especially as a teen. Mm -hmm. Growing up in church, that's like all you get, right? Like mentors. Totally. Mentors there. You don't appreciate them. So well, and I think sometimes when you get to a certain age, it can feel like, oh, I don't really need that. It's like... Well, that's what I, mean. I don't know. I don't think that that's true. I don't think it's true either, but I would say that that is like, I don't think, so I think that's true. But I also think it's true that when you get older, you also see more flaws in people. Mm. And there's a certain, like, 
there's a certain way you imagine someone who's above you. You know, totally. And yeah. If they don't fit that bill entirely, it's really hard to trust somebody because they're not like the expectation is 100 percent. And I think the realization is not everyone's at 100 percent. Right. Like, I mean, I think the only time someone's going to think from that perspective, if they hold themselves to an unrealistic standard. OK, talk about that. That's interesting. I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, obviously, I've heard of people holding themselves to an unrealistic standard, but... Well, because... Um, have you heard of the term perception is projection? On this podcast. I'm done. <laughs> um, I think you said it last podcast. Okay. Um, well, the thing is, is like... That whole phrase, perception is projection, it means that whatever you are going through, like personally, whatever limits, experiences, beliefs, values, identities that you hold to be true on yourself, um, you actually project that out to the world. And that's literally all you see. So typically when we have a certain area of our life where we're constantly seeing maybe a particular kind of flaw in people, that's because we literally see that same flaw in ourselves. So that's what that, that phrase means. Perception is projection. Well, what would you say to the person that can't see that flaw? Like the person that's completely un... I mean, I don't even know if they'd be listening to the podcast, but it's just... Totally. Yeah, but like, it's just interesting because I think about like... I'm thinking about like people who like aren't self-aware enough to like even start to think into it. Like, what would you say to someone who's just discovering themselves on that? Because yeah. I think there's a lot of people in our culture specifically that aren't self-aware. I think that's a huge issue, right? I mean, yeah, self, self-awareness self is the beginning of this journey, is like simply just becoming aware of, oh, I didn't realize that, like, maybe the reason why I have so many sleep, sleep problems is because I'm dealing with anxiety and that anxiety is coming from, you know, something I experienced in my childhood. You know, like most of us are just kind of walking through life and whatever issues are coming up, they're just like, well, that's, that's just the issue. So I'm going to treat the issue, which is basically just treating symptoms. So I'm thinking because this is very beyond me. Yeah. Like I feel like my capacity to speak on this, I have none. Does that make sense? <laughs> totally. Like totally. I don't, I don't have any well, I think at all in this yeah. 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 And like, I mean, here's the thing. We can go on for hours talking about this. And I think there there can be so many different like uh, alleyways and things that we go into um, talking about this subject. But um, it's like, you know, we're we went into this talking about relationships and there's so many dynamics like that. Relationships is such a vague like <laughs> overview conversation, yes, right? Because there's like so much that can be. I mean, how many books are there on relationships? We literally just talked like about a bajillion. We started with DTR and ending with self awareness. Totally. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, there are millions of books in the world on relationships because there's that many little facets that can be like talked about. So, right. anyways, there there really is. I think this is probably just something we'll just continue to like unpack in, in future episodes, but, um, but yeah, the self-awareness, that whole concept, um, is going to benefit your relationships. It, it is one of the things that's going to actually help in, cause here's the thing, like we come into a relationship, like I think about marriage and I think about like the fact that like when I got married and even being in marriage with Adam, it's like, 
if we are individually our best selves, like, and when I say best selves, that basically what I mean is like, we are uh, looking at maybe the areas that need growth and we're actually actively growing in them. We're actively like, um, like pursuing growth, you know, and not from a place of like, I have to grow, I have to grow, I have to grow, but like just intentional about how we live life. If we're able to show up like that for ourselves, then we as a union get to be like so dynamic because then our dynamic together gets to literally just be like supportive. We're not, we're not needing things that are actually almost distorted. We actually just get to show up and we get to create an atmosphere of literally first Corinthians 13, an atmosphere of love, of patience, of grace, forgiveness, you know, and that happens when we're able to give those things to ourselves. So it's again, there's so much we can talk about when it comes to relationships. I feel like this is literally the tip of the iceberg. It literally feels like we're really deep in the water. I know. And I can't even breathe. Because I <laughs> that's how I feel. Like I just don't have authority on this. So let me read out some and then I'll get back to you kind of thing. Yeah, totally. yeah I don't I've, I've learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I I can talk about this for hours. I love talking about relationships and yeah, maybe I will finish that book, but anyways. Well, y'all, I think we're going to dive into more of this in the future. So actually, this is a great time to say if you guys have specific questions or maybe even situations that you feel like you're going through, like, I feel like that is so fun to dive into when people have like specific things they want to bring up or want to be addressed. Um, we would love for you to submit those things. And the best way to submit them is actually just sending it to hello at the dotsco.com. Um, sending over your questions, sending over your comments, all that kinds of stuff. Um, when our website goes live, we will have a form for you to fill in, um, to submit questions, or even if you have people that you would like to, um, like nominate to be a guest on the show, things like that. Um, but for now, um, go ahead and send those over to hello at the So yeah. Hey y'all, if you've made it this far, thank you for joining us today. Whether you were listening or watching, you can tune on on all platforms where podcasts are streamed and on YouTube. We would love to connect with you. So find us on all social media platforms at Daring Ourselves to Succeed. Please remember to share, subscribe, or leave a comment. I am your host, Rebecca Danny, and remember that together we are daring ourselves to succeed.